0: Hi and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brett Bowe continue their discussion on the Ten Commandments, specifically about the third commandment and what it promotes in the life of the
1: believer. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me today Pastor Jason Goodham. Good to see you again, Brett. Yes, you too. It is good to be here. Good to be talking about the Third Commandment together. And uh, we like doing that kind of stuff, don't we?
0: Yeah, and we're going to be wrapping it up. We'll get some closure today. We spent a little bit of time last week talking about heresy Mm -hmm. and the dangers of robbing ourselves of comfort. Mm -hmm. Uh, So by way of reminder, we're talking about the third commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy or sanctify the holy day. Mm -hmm. And so the subject of this commandment is rest, Mm -hmm. and specifically rest in Christ, not just absence of work. Um, This is not stop working on Sunday uh this is look to the word of god to apply the gospel mm-hmm. that jesus christ is one for you on the cross and in the empty tomb this is our spiritual rest and so that right. is expressed by the church in the terms of doctrine so you have heresy mm-hmm. is the teaching that robs us of comfort uh and you have orthodoxy which is the teaching of truth from scripture that does nothing but provide us with comfort right
1: you know in the talking about this commandment, I I have to say I'm I'm a bit sad we haven't mentioned Chick Fil A yet, right? The, the Companies that <laughs> are, haven't this been open
0: on so, Sunday. Hobby Lobby.
1: So this is not about delivering chicken on Sunday or not. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> My sinful nature would really like Chick Fil A to be open yeah, on Sunday right. because that's probably mm-hmm. the time when I have most available to go and get some good fried chicken goodness and yes. between two buns. But yeah. Uh, That is a matter of freedom. Mm -hmm. And so we wouldn't criticize Mm Chick-fil-A for doing that. Uh, And in fact, uh, we would commend them for forcing their stores to give their employees a day off. Mm -hmm. They are, uh, in reality, preventing their employees from working themselves to death. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's good stewardship. Uh, Again, the wisdom behind this commandment is that people need to rest or we'll just keep working. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially those who are poorer less privileged in society because you have to work longer to earn money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so rest is good. Mm-hmm. Stopping work is good. Enjoyment uh, in that rest is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the principal application right. of this commandment. It comes back to what Jesus said, the Sabbath
1: is made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And really, I don't know if we've mentioned this as well, going back to creation, you know, the six days of creation, and then the seventh day in God resting. And that always kind of made me scratch my head too because God doesn't necessarily need the rest. And
0: and so, Yeah, what's going on there? God doesn't need the rest, but he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so this is... the the, I love that verse, uh, Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That's a great application of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Again, the summary of the worship service is that God has good gifts to give to us. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wants us doing here. This isn't prosperity gospel that God wants us to succeed. Mm -hmm. And it's not hedonism that God wants us to be people of pleasure just to experience the pleasure. It's that God is good. He's Mm -hmm. gracious and merciful uh, practically speaking, he wants us to be rested. Mm-hmm. When we're rested, we sort through the stresses and anxieties of life better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we you know, we work better, we work clearer, we are more enjoyment. I'm going through a period at my house, and I know you are too, mm-hmm. where everyone was sick, yep. uh, and I'm sleep-deprived right now, and it's really hard for me to be a pleasant person when I'm sleep-deprived. But again, when we're talking about spiritual rest... Uh, that's what we're talking about with the Sabbath day, Mm -hmm. that God has allowed us to rest from our works in pleasing Him, and instead we receive the works of Christ in our place so that we can have the utmost confidence, the utmost comfort that we are reconciled to God, that when we die, we will be with Him for all eternity based Mm -hmm. on His promise and not on our efforts. Mm -hmm. Good. And uh, one portion of Scripture that
1: tells us of that or that points us in that direction is 2 Timothy 3. And looking at uh, verses ten through seventeen, and I'm going to read that now, if that's okay. Yep, go ahead. And uh, we'll talk about this here. So, Second Timothy three, ten through seventeen. I read in Jesus' name. It says, "You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured." Yet from all of them the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Here ends the reading of God's word.
0: Amen and Amen. amen, right? Yes yeah in this passage then I, I was just kind of thinking as you were reading it, I was kind of structuring a sermon outline <laughs> uh, you pastor you <laughs> in my head i just i can't help it mm-hmm. uh but it, you, I think you could really structure this entire passage around rest around mm-hmm. uh that sort of thing uh Paul has rest as an example in mm-hmm. verses ten and then eleven and twelve and thirteen um you have the mm-hmm. need for rest. Talking about persecution, sure. Talking about constantly example uh, the you know the existence of of uh, people attacking you for your faith mm-hmm. and, and how that will rob you of rest if you go about it wrong. And then you have the source of rest in verses fourteen through seventeen, yeah. where we're directed to Scripture. And and again, that puts us rightly oriented to the commandment again, because remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, uh, the commandments prohibiting heresy. Uh, promoting orthodoxy, the source of our orthodoxy, mm-hmm. is scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so you bring up that word orthodoxy, and we talked about heresy last time. And so orthodoxy is the, the good thing to be, the sound teaching, the good teaching. And so how is God's word that for us?
0: Well, God is the great determiner of truth. hmm Uh, as creator and as the standard. Again, the standard of the whole law is God be holy as I am holy, or Jesus saying be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then in John 1, Jesus comes to reveal the truth, to give light to the truth. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we would find truth where God is speaking, And where God is speaking very literally here is scripture. All Mm -hmm. scripture is breathed out by God. And so we find the source of our truth in the word of God as God reveals himself, as he reveals his will, and as he reveals the promises in the gospel that he's given to us in his son, Jesus Christ. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And there's that call, especially in verse 14, to continue in that, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed knowing from whom you have learned it. Um, And how you uh, feel like you have to just keep going there. From childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. And, And that last part of verse 15 really point to this idea of rest, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. And so that continuing call to be... Continuing in that word that truth, that orthodox sound teaching that you've known from childhood or I think other translations might say from infancy that you've learned and known um, that you've become acquainted with the sacred writings um, all those that sacred writings the that doctrine that body of of teaching that you have known from infancy that's able to give you the wisdom for salvation.
0: And yeah, I love the, the the pattern of verses 14 and 15, mm-hmm. especially, uh, you have learned and firmly believed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we're talking about rightly, and we are, the content of our faith, mm-hmm. uh, this is speaking drastically that we don't graduate mm-hmm. um, from the content of our faith and move on into action, you know, that this kind of eliminates the deeds, not creeds, sort <laughs> right. of thing we've been hitting on. But also, um, you know, that we are constantly learning the same stuff in a deeper way so that we're believing it. It's the it's the knowledge of the truth that produces the faith, that produces that confident faith that we have. And without that repetition, that continual and constant nature of hearing the good teaching, mm-hmm. the truth from scripture, which is what doctrine is, without that We aren't going to finish that progression that these are able to make you wise for salvation. Mm -hmm. And the whole Christian life Mm -hmm. is about the assurance of salvation. That is what God is directing you toward in Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, All these other things, maturity in the faith, uh, piety, all these things that are prescribed all flow from Mm -hmm. assurance of salvation. Mm -hmm. And, And you will be pious, when you are assured of your salvation, uh, you will be an evangelist. When you are certain of your salvation, these things that that maybe. The parts of the American church are directing us to repeatedly, apart from the assurance of salvation, only get produced when there is assurance of salvation. And so you see the role of doctrine, mm-hmm. the truth from Scripture from childhood, or like you said, yeah. from infancy, the right. nece- necessity of training, 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 and no coincidence, we're talking about the catechism, mm-hmm. which was given to families mm-hmm. to raise their children in the faith, and then it turns then in verse 16 to that emphatic statement, all Scripture is breathed out by God. This the source mm-hmm. of the faith, the source of the truth, uh, the source of this this education is God's word,
1: mm-hmm. and we experience this together as a congregation. Yeah. as we gather around God's word on a Sunday, we have that that teaching of God's word. That those that are the littlest ones in the congregation, the the baptized babies all the way up to the the dear elderly saint. They're hearing God's word and receiving that
0: assurance of salvation um, and that uh, encouragement in the gospel. And that's really well said. I I think, uh, especially as Americans, we get caught up in the individualistic pursuit of our faith is just me and Jesus Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. But this is done corporately. And that's Mm -hmm. the meaning of the third commandment, that remember the Sabbath day Mm -hmm. to keep it holy, that this is done first, foremost, primarily in the church Mm -hmm. as community, where you have someone, a pastor who has been trained to speak the word of God, to apply the word of God, but where all the functions of the congregation, and we should, especially in the AFLC here, be mm-hmm. celebrating the existence of the congregation, mm-hmm. being the right form of the kingdom of God on earth, uh, that this is, yeah, my my AFLC points for the day, I just scored. <laughs> uh, but this is how it happens. It happens in community. This is Ephesians 4, mm-hmm. one faith, one baptism, one Lord, the right. unity of the believers. Guess what that's centered around? A common confession. mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that, like Brian mentioned in the break, too, of you know, thinking of that passage in Hebrews of, you know, don't despise the gathering together, the meeting together, because yeah. this is where we find it, where, where we receive that together and enjoy those benefits together.
0: Yeah, where you receive it corporately, you mm-hmm. suffer corporately, you yep. worship corporately, uh, you feast uh, in communion, corporately, mm-hmm. all these things, and and that's built into the application then after verse 316, the second half, all Scripture is breathed up by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent equipped for every good work. We have individual benefits for this, mm-hmm. but it exists corporately where yeah. we are receiving that teaching, we are receiving that reproof. You know, we're sinners, we're not always going to reprove ourselves, we're not always yeah. going to confess sins. Right. Uh, we need people pointing that out, that correction, that, mm-hmm. that you know, again, building on what we said last week, uh, the right use of the law mm-hmm. to convict us of sins, to prepare us for a Savior so that the gospel can be applied and we might be raised to life again. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is happening well when it's happening not just by the pastor, but by congregational members as well, but that speaking the truth to each other, the having scripture handled in in the four ways here it's listed in this text of speaking the truth in love to one another. And, uh, and that
0: happens in the context of congregational life. It happens in con- congregational life. It happens in community. And mm-hmm. especially, again, as the truth is being applied in the congregation. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you've experienced this. I experienced that as soon as someone finds out you're a pastor, mm-hmm. they relate to you differently. Yep. <laughs> and, and so... Uh, Sometimes it's beneficial for us to be in that relationship. Sometimes the conversation falls completely apart Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, you you, you have to work (laughs) through awkwardness. Sure. Uh, But if we're doing this in community, uh, a person. Uh, another lay member of the congregation applying the truth of Scripture to a fellow member will be just as, if not more, effective mm-hmm. in a specific situation uh, than the pastor doing it from the pulpit, yep. or even in, in, a, in a counseling or visitation session. Yep. Uh, counseling or a, a visitation session, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point of all of this is not to exclude any of it, mm-hmm. and that's where we're tempted to go. It's the pastors are only. Pastoral ministry, and the lay members are like, only lay ministry. And it, no, it's all happening simultaneously mm-hmm. because we're dealing with sound doctrine, because we're dealing with mm-hmm. truth, because we're the body of Christ. We're mm-hmm. a, a system, a unit uh, that. Uh, has been instituted by Christ, has been gifted by the spirit to function in this way under the word of God. Mm-hmm. So let's say, Jason,
1: there's somebody listening to this and they say, you know, I'm in a church right now where this isn't happening or this isn't being promoted in this way. What would you suggest as something that a lay person could do or what, what things they can,
0: or which, how can they move forward with that? That's one of the toughest questions about church ministry that exists. On the one hand, I will never, ever be an advocate for church hopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, no church is perfect. No church is going to provide for you exactly what you need out of a church in those felt needs. And, and when we become consumers uh, of what we're receiving at church, then we become dissatisfied with what we're receiving at church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, if you're not being fed at church... Uh, you're going to be dying in your faith. Uh, if you suspect that you're not being fed, if if you, your pastor uh, isn't giving you the gospel, isn't forgiving your sins, the, the measure is when you leave church on Sunday, are you confident that your sins are forgiven? And if that is, then work through the problems uh, with mm-hmm. the other sinners in your congregation yeah. and celebrate you have a good church. If you're concerned about what your pastor is teaching, you are required by scripture to go to your pastor personally and and say, this is what I'm concerned. Let him speak to you and mm-hmm. give him the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. uh, and follow that process. Uh, if that person, that pastor hopefully isn't belligerent about it. Uh, but if he is, you go to the council, you go to the elders, which is the next stage that the, um, Bible has given to us. You go with one or two people. This is Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you still are not going to be receiving the gospel, they're, they're going to be rejected, then find a new church. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no reason, there is no good reason for anyone attending a church to be malnourished in the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but our sinful nature is going to use that as a license to church hop, and I will not advocate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no church is perfect. It's just like, you know... You, people in the healthcare industry, man, hospitals would be wonderful places if it weren't for all the sick people. (laughs) Uh, Churches would be wonderful places if it wasn't for all the sinners. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we want to be careful. I mean, if you find the perfect church, don't attend it because then it won't be perfect anymore, right? Right. Yeah. Once you're Uh, in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I have a real concern for people who aren't being fed. Mm -hmm. I have a real anger to pastors who aren't feeding their congregations with the gospel. But uh, with that... We are called, it's Eighth Commandment stuff, we are called to give the benefit of the doubt to the neighbor until we know specifically that there has been you know, sin committed, and so mm-hmm. the best thing you can do if you suspect this isn't happening for you is to talk to your pastor. More often than not, your pastor will be really re- receptive. Mm-hmm. will want to hear what you have to say, and we'll work with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it would be a dream for me if everyone in my congregation would approach me with things they didn't understand, or mm-hmm. you know, I've been corrected a handful of times since I've been here at Faith, and they were right. In all of those times, or at least they misunderstood what I was trying to say because I didn't say it clearly. Uh, and having an opportunity for reconciliation was benefit in that. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah, and I
1: appreciate your uh, the way you express that too. And maybe I'll flip this on the other side. How about speaking to a pastor that in promoting sound teaching or sound doctrine? I know we have some pastors or church leaders that listen to us. What would you say to the pastor or church leader listening?
0: Speak the truth in love. There's something to said for being winsome. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you, you want to speak the truth in a way that the truth is going to be received. Yeah. First of all, you want to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to sugarcoat anything or, or you know bait and switch or anything like mm-hmm. that. But if I speak the truth as a belligerent jerk versus speaking the truth kindly and humbly... I'm going to get far more response with kindness and humility than I am with just being right for right's sake. Mm -hmm. Uh, So pastors, we really have to be careful about that. Uh, You know, this whole thing, this whole being Lutheran thing Mm -hmm. came about uh, not because I said, I'm going to make my congregation into a good Lutheran congregation, yeah, right. but because several people individually came to me and said, Pastor, we want to know why we're Lutherans. Mm-hmm. You know, people ask us, I said, I can't tell them why I go to a Lutheran church. Well, let me teach you Lutheran doctrine. And I remember when I was bringing up this to my council talking about what we we're going to do at faith, uh, one of the members very rightly said, what happens if someone goes to these classes and finds out they're not a Lutheran? And I said, if we have a member like that, I hope it happens. I don't want them to be going here if they don't agree with what we're teaching or what we stand for. Now, I would hope if that happens, I would have the opportunity one-on-one to convince them that the Lutheran position is the true position, because I wouldn't be a Lutheran, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be a Lutheran, Brian wouldn't be a Lutheran if we didn't believe it's true. So believing that you're right isn't arrogant, because the nature of belief is to believe that's something right. But if someone said, you know, I don't agree with you know, the sacraments or whatever, and I was able to meet with them uh, and they still couldn't be convinced, I would help them find a church that lined up with what they believed. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of denominations. Yep. Um, it would make me sad, yeah, but it's not a popularity contest. The, the, the attendance we receive at Faith or at King mm-hmm. of Glory or, you know, wherever... It, it's encouraging when it's growing, but it's not the baseline. Mm-hmm. We're called, as pastors, again, to be truth-tellers. Mm-hmm. And so we tell the truth. We tell the truth in wise understanding, winsome, humble ways, but we tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for
1: that. I think that's helpful to think about how this works out for a pastor and for yeah. a, a layperson here. Um, let's Maybe let's wrap up this episode. Do you have any other closing comments on... This passage of scripture, or even about the third commandment, as we wrap up our kind of mini series on on this
0: commandment. Well, if you remember back a few episodes ago, we did that email program, mm-hmm. and the first question we answered was about determining God's will and God speaking directly to a Christian. I think verse seventeen here really speaks to that again—that the man of God may be competent, equipped mm-hmm. for every good work. The way we are able to exercise ourselves in God's will as Christians is to understand sound doctrine, to operate in the truth. And so uh, a way to not be paralyzed about not knowing if you're in the will of God Mm -hmm. is, again, know what you believe and why you believe Mm -hmm. it. Know the truth, familiarize yourself with the truth, and the truth should always end up at comfort for your conscience. You should Mm -hmm. find peace Mm -hmm. in the truth. You should not find more work to do. Uh, And... If, if the truth convicts you of sin, uh, Scripture tells you repent of that sin and be forgiven of that sin because the price Jesus paid for you on the cross is complete and final.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. That's why we are who we are. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: you get your being Lutheran points for the day. All right. Yes. <laughs> great. Well, I, I
1: think that's a great time to end this episode. Thank you for listening and uh, praise God uh, for this word, the Scripture that he has given to us has been breathed out uh,
0: by God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. These podcasts are available on iTunes, and if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a favorable rating. Join us for the next episode as Pastor Jason and Pastor Brett continue their discussion on the Ten Commandments.